Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. Second hour of Oilers Now. Brennan Ulrich with you, carrying you home on the uh, Monday edition of the program. Bob Stoffer has an engagement that uh, he needed to attend to. We do have Alan May coming up here from NBC Sports Washington at 105. At 135, the new head coach of the Kamloops Blazers, that is Serge Lejoie. Oilers Now is always brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Digitex has our office printer and supply needs covered. They do it all and could be doing it for you right now. You can call on our Oilers Now hotline at 780-496-0063. Brought to you by the River Cree Resort and Casino. They have Blood, Sweat, and Tears featuring Bo Bice on June 29th. They also have Nazareth on August 10th. Tickets at Ticketmaster.ca. And you can text us 630-630. Brought to you by Westlock Ford. If you're looking for a new vehicle, go see Paul Olson at Westlock Ford. Or check out their great selection today at WestlockFord.com. Worth the drive to get your new ride. We will also hear a one-on-one conversation that Bob had with uh, Evan Bouchard here to open up this hour on the show. And uh, first of all, I think the Oilers made out like bandits at the draft this year, getting Bouchard an absolute steal. Back in April, this has been my guy all along. I tweeted this out. Early draft talk here. If I'm the Oilers, then I'm not trading the first-round pick. They need more quality prospects, and I put my faith in Keith Gretzky, finding them a gem at the draft. Would love to see what Bouchard can do on the power play with McDavid if they pick in that range. Now, this is when we thought the Oilers were going to pick at least ninth based on their finish in the standings with a chance of moving up uh, in the lottery. Of course, they dropped one spot, and somehow they still got Evan Bouchard. So to me, that's uh, an excellent pick. Dan Marr, when we had him on to talk about his uh, mid-draft rankings, he said he's the best passer in the draft um, in terms of the, the defense. So the Oilers... This is an outstanding pick in my mind. Uh, Of course, there was all this talk in the lead-up to the draft that they would trade the pick for a defenseman, and uh, I think the Oilers are lucky they didn't, based on the fact that Bouchard now dropped and they have their D uh, without trading a cleft bomb, without trading the pick. So things look pretty good right now. But here's what Shirelli had to say after round one, if they were ever close on uh, completing a deal. I entertained, I, I, you know, as I told you, I entertained that pick for D-Man. There was nothing that came across my uh, my desk, uh, the table, that, that, that piqued my interest. So that's Peter Shirelli. Nothing close enough to consider pulling the trigger. And uh, after the draft, of, or after he was drafted by the Oilers, Bob Stoffer did catch up with Evan Bouchard. We'll hear from Al May here shortly, but here is that one-on-one conversation that Bob had with the newest Oiler. So, Evan, sometimes you get a feel, and I know that uh, Keith Kretzky spent a lot of time in Ontario this year, Andrew Shaw, one of the Oilers' scouts, Mike Shirelli, Peter's mm-hmm. brother's Did you have a feel or a sense that, you know, if uh, 
if you were still in the mix at 10, that Edmonton was going to be perhaps looking at you. Also, uh, potential dinners and that sort of thing at the combine. Yeah, I think it was uh, Edmonton was one of the teams that I was looking forward to meeting with. Um, I think we had a great uh, meeting at the combine. Uh, you know, went for dinner. I think it went really well. So, uh, you know, I think Edmonton was uh, was high on my list. The Oilers have been looking for a right shot defenseman for a while. Uh, sometimes there's something about a fit as well. Did, mm-hmm. did you, you know, from a player's perspective, did you sit and look at which organizations maybe made the most sense in terms of being pragmatic in the approach and who you could get? Um, yeah, a little bit. You picture it in your head. Um, you know, you picture where, where you think you can go, other players are going to go. But like I said, Edmonton was high on my list. Um, they got a lot of skill up front, and uh, I think they have a bright future ahead. They got a, a lot of skill in the back end. I think uh, I can help that as well. All right. What do you have to do to get to the next level as a player? I think uh, work on skating. The game's getting faster as, uh, as you go on, so I think work on skating and uh, get bigger and stronger for the next level. I asked you this earlier, but London is loaded up every year. I mean, face it, it seems like every second or third year they're in the Memorial Cup. They, this year, they went the other way. They unloaded some of their veteran players, and you guys brought in some young, talented guys. How did that sort of different experience for you as a leader on that team uh, maybe help you out? Yeah, it was really different. Uh, I wasn't really expecting it, and I wasn't really used to uh, you know the change that that they did, but uh, I think it helped me a lot to, to really get to see the other side of things and uh, you know help help the younger guys really develop and you know get the get the feel of really the, how the London is play. Evan, this is the first of probably I don't know 600 interviews we'll do over the next several years. They get far less painless over time. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Thank you. That is Evan Bouchard of the London Knights. Maybe he'll be on the Oilers as early as next season. We'll wait and see. Uh, but it all fell into place for the Oilers uh, when they get Bouchard at number 10. So they couldn't ask for a better draft. McLeod in the second round looks good too. And now you add that to the fact that the Oilers uh, drafted Yamamoto last year. Some other late round picks seem to be uh, hitting for the Oilers. That's two solid draft classes in a row. And all of a sudden, their, their farm system is looking uh, pretty good right now. A lot better than it was before. So draft and development, that seems to be uh, the road the Oilers are taking. And we'll see if uh, it works out in the long run. Speaking of draft and development, it is a development camp this week in Edmonton. The Billy Morris Cup goes on Thursday, but Bouchard and Yamamoto both in town this week. The Billy's, Billy Morris Cup will wrap that up on Thursday. You know what other team uh, things are going well with uh, right now is the Washington Capitals. Of course, they won the Stanley Cup. They've also re-signed uh, John Carlson over the weekend. So instead of testing the open market, he is back. They traded Grubauer. Uh, of course, they offloaded uh, Brooks Orpik's contract. So all is great for the Washington Capitals. And uh, right now, it looks like they will have, if they re-sign Kempney, they will have their top nine forwards back from the Stanley Cup winning team. They will have Holtby in goal, and if they can re-sign Kempney, at least four or five of their top six D-Mets. So poised to make another run at the Cup next year are the Washington Capitals. But here is Alan May from NBC Sports Washington with Bob Stoffer. Al, you spent a lot of time down in Dallas in the uh, deep in the heart of Texas. Um, the NHL draft, you were there. What did you think? I thought it was, uh, you know, it's always a well-run event. Not the, mo- the attendance I'm used to seeing in a, in a traditional market, but uh, a lot of fireworks in the, in the first period as far as guys not going where they were supposed to, according to all the pundits who do this for a living. Uh, but I thought it was sensational, and from the Caps' point of view, it couldn't have started off any better being able to remove the Grubauer and Orpic contracts from them so they could, 
you know, do some work here in free agency. Yeah, and obviously that's where we wanted to go next. I mean, uh, I haven't even asked you this. Have you? I mean, how much fun have you had as one of the broadcasters for the team for the last decade, a Caps alumni? Uh, how spectacular has this experience been been like for a guy like you? Even though you're on the periphery, you are part of their culture. Well, you know, it's been, it's been absolutely and utterly amazing. And, you know, it's a lot different relationship you have in the United States with the teams than uh, uh, a Canadian broadcast. Uh, you know, we're not owned by the team, but we, we do everything in a, in a full partnership. And being an alum uh, and going through all of the things that this team has gotten through in the past 10 years, uh, it's been a roller coaster. There's been a lot of heartaches and heartbreak uh, with this team. And to see it all finally come together it has been absolutely and utterly amazing. The way it happened on a team that wasn't expected to do much, that was not even expected really to, to compete for a wild card team with so much change, change and turnover from last year's roster. And uh, I, I'm telling you, it, it, I've been on cloud nine. I can't imagine how great the players and coaching staff feels. But uh, it, it's been so much fun to be a part of. And I've always said when people, I kind of deferred when people had asked me how the how the team, how they look. Do you think they got it this year? I said, well, I just want to what work one time in June and I was able to do that this year and it was uh, spectacular to be a part of. All right. Well, there's been uh, some substantive uh, moves since then. We'll start with the coach. It's ironic. I was actually out with Gil Scott, Barry Trotz, uh, Barry Trotz agent on Wednesday night as he was negotiating a deal in conversation with multiple teams after Barry and the Washington Capitals went separate ways. And I know you've had a, an immense amount of respect for the work that Barry did, and why not? They missed the playoffs before he got there. 205 wins the last four years. That's 50-plus a year and a Stanley Cup championship. He did a heck of a job with this year's group, didn't he? Uh, you know what? I, I look at you know everyone coming together at the right time and, and people, coaching staff and players, making adjustments in their game. Uh, the way this team was coached was uh, so different from what we've seen in the past. Bold changes with the goaltending, uh, flip-flopping lines, uh, changing you know, from being a, a team that was all about offense to a, really a team that was all about defense and physical commitment. So uh, it, it was just a, a great payoff to see everyone put their egos aside, try something different, and, and put the team first. Well, it, it certainly uh, came together. What do you envision? Is it an automatic that Todd Reardon's the next head coach of the Washington Capitals? I, I don't think there's a sliver of doubt. Uh, if the players want him to be the head coach, it would be a seamless transition. I can't see you bringing in anyone else because, you know, you'd completely be changing everything that's been done and accomplished here during that playoff run. And this team started to really pick up steam about mid-March after the deadline of a Michael Kempney acquisition and they started to change the defensive zone structure and the way they played and Todd was such a big part of that I can't imagine you know they don't have an American League they cleaned out the American League staff here uh, so it, it would be wrong to go in any other direction to have any other voice the players have all improved uh, the defensemen especially under his guidance here so I, I don't think you need to change a lot you just need to make him the head coach and then see what he does with his two assistants because he's going to have a void from leaving his spot on with the D-man, and then, you know, Lane Lambert will probably end up going to the New York Islanders with Barry Trotz if it hasn't been announced already in the last few hours. So it, it just seems like it would be the perfect seamless transition. We are joined right now by Al May. He's Washington Capitals uh, broadcast analyst uh, and a longtime friend of our shows here on Orders. Now, of course, he had a cup of coffee with the Emerson Orders back in the late 1980s. So the Caps were busy, as you mentioned, on 
Friday night. Uh, they move out Philip Grubauer, who started the playoffs uh, as the starting goaltender before Holpe came back in there and reclaimed, uh, you know, the number one job. They get Brooks Orpuk off the books, and that results in them having the cap flexibility to sign arguably, what, their second most important player? John Carlson, eight-year deal, $8 million per. Your thoughts on the deal? Well, you know what? They would have had John Carlson sign no matter what, but this made it a lot easier and took some of the, the pressure off them to, to be able to make the deal because then the other teams would have had the caps by the short hairs and being able to you know ask for a lot less for a Grubauer or, or, or Brooks Orpik and not being able to and, and saying, hey, give us Brooks Orpik plus another roster player uh, to, to take his salary off your hands. But John Carlson this year played the best he ever has. He's had drastic improvement every year since Todd Reardon became the defense coach. Uh, the numbers he put up this year to lead the National Hockey League defenseman in scoring. Then in the playoffs, he did the same thing. Led the NHL playoffs in scoring for D-man that caps records in all the different categories. And he is so good as an all-around player. Uh, he, he had, I think he led the league in stretch passes, and that's something you definitely want to have if you're going to be a north-south hockey team. Uh, very good once he was paired with uh, Michael Kempney on D. He didn't have to babysit or worry about who his partner was anymore. But inside the defensive zone, he was virtually un- unbeatable. And then on the power play, he just continued to improve as the year went on. You saw how great and incredible the Caps' power play was in the playoffs, going at right about 30%. And John was probably the biggest reason they were able to do that, having the double threat with Ovechkin. So, Al, they've they've still got, you know, a fair amount of cap space. By my count, according to capfriendly.com, uh, they got about $13 million bucks left. Um, is that going to be enough to uh, re-sign Tom Wilson and re-sign Michael Kempney, who you've already alluded to, and also bring back Jay Beagle? Well, you forgot another name there. Devontae Smith-Pelly is a guy that they're going to want to sign. He had a phenomenal playoff. He had seven goals, and they were seven big goals, in my opinion. But uh, I think first and foremost, you got to get Tom Wilson done. I think the Kempney deal was just a matter of waiting a few hours to announce it. Uh, okay. Foolish to go anywhere else. This team was a perfect fit for him. But the Tom Wilson contract, they've got to make sure that it's the appropriate length and it's the appropriate dollar amount. And Brian McClellan has been very good in his tenure as general manager as to not giving too much away and, and making sure these things are workable. Uh, the fact he was able to get Kuznetsov last year for a $7.8 million a year commitment, TJ Oshie for a 5.75 year commitment, uh, just shows you know how, how smart he is at throwing those dollars around. Uh, and I expect he'll do the same thing with Tom Wilson. Tom Wilson terrified National Hockey League defenseman in the playoffs and really all season long, but he's got that great blend of skating ability, physicality, and he's really come a long way this last year in how he was making plays and, and, and not just cycling puck, but you know, passing to open players, protecting it, keeping plays alive inside the offensive zone, and a very valued penalty killer, believe it or not, not just a penalty getter, uh, but he, he's got to get in there at the right dollar amount, and I would say the priority is Wilson, Kempney, Devontae Smithelli, and then a guy like Jay Beagle, who I, I think may have to leave for greener pastures for the dollar amount because that's one thing they don't want to be, you know, bottom heavy as far as where their contracts are. Devontae Smithelli can play in your, your third line and, and do very well. He can play in your fourth line. Really, he had success on the first line this year, but I would think Jay, because of his age, uh, the amount, uh, 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 you know, he plays hard minutes, but I would think that he'd be definitely the low guy in the totem pole of all the free agents here. 
So the way the deal worked with Orpik, he got bought out by Colorado. Would they consider bringing him back on a cheap deal, Washington? Uh, yeah, and I think in the long run, or uh, Brooks Orpik ends up making more money than everyone was uh, worried about him. Yeah. We all knew that when they originally signed the contract to bring him here, they needed stability on defense. They needed more leadership in the dressing room. And a guy that leads by example is a warrior on the ice. Uh, that $5.5 million cap hit, you know, the, the plan was for him to drop down by this year and be in a third-pairing role and have developed some of their young guys. And, you know, opening up that cap space and Colorado being a, a, a team that operates near the floor of the cap was able to absorb that. And when it's all said and done, they're actually going to have, you know, $3 million available in cap space uh, from the Orpic deal and, and only have spent $2.5 million in real dollars. So you, you look at that, and then Brooks could easily come back here for, you know, a million, a million and a half dollars, and in the long run, he ends up making more money for the season than he originally would have. So uh, they love him here, the young players, the, the European ones, they all do, but I was going to say Kuznetsov, Orlov, uh, Jacob Brana, they all love this guy. Tom Wilson said he's learned more from Brooks Orpik, and he owes more credit to him than anyone for the development of him in the last few years, and, you know, Ovechkin loves the guy, uh, I, I just look around that, and it's great to have that father figure in the dressing room that still goes and plays with all of his heart and all of his might. Uh, one final one for you, maybe a bit of a curveball. If anybody was to shake out in Washington, maybe being potentially moved, would Andre Burakovsky possibly be that guy for them? Well, that would be a tough call. You know, he he had he's had some injury issues with the hands the last few years, and I think it's hurt his development. Uh, he's a lightning-fast skater. He scored two monster goals in Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals uh, against the Tampa Bay Lightning. And he uh, has so much more upside to deliver. I would think that if they were going to move a guy like that, they'd be able to fetch a, a, a big draft pick or a, another player that they identify as a target on their roster somewhere that could help right now. But uh, if there were one of the young guys, I guess because you know, he's older than Verona. He's older than Chandler Stevenson. Uh, I, I still think there's so much untapped potential, but I, I think he'd be, uh, you'd be able to get a lot for him if he was actually someone on the block. And, uh, you know, I, I see only number, numbers getting better for him, and I only see improvement in his game as if he were to be acquired by another team. That is Alan May in conversation with uh, Bob Stoffer. Ending that conversation on Burakovsky there. If I'm the Oilers, that's a guy I would consider looking at. Left wing, of course. Um, not a whole lot on the left side after Nugent Hopkins and Lucic. And maybe you could play uh, Burakovsky on your second line if you could somehow get him. Uh, I'm not sure what it would cost, but this is sort of the the perfect buy low on a guy with a ton of potential that is 23 years old, scored a few big goals in the playoffs, but uh, I would say his value overall is not what it should be. So if there was uh, any way Washington was going to move a guy like that, if I'm the Oilers, I would certainly consider it. Not exactly sure what it would cost, uh, but I believe he he can be a 50-point player at the NHL level. Um, He's shown flashes of uh, brilliance before, even last year in the playoffs uh, against Pittsburgh. Capitals lost that series, but he was one of their better players when he stepped up into a first-line role there with Backstrom, and uh, I believe it was Oshie on the line as well. So 
he has the talent. That would be a guy I would look at if I were the Oilers. But once again, would Washington uh, look at moving him now that they've uh, freed up some cap space here? Of course, they need to resign Burakovsky, but they have freed up some cap space by moving out Orpik. And as you heard Al talk about, they may now circle back and re-sign Orpik to a cheaper contract in free agency. It's at 125 in Edmonton. We'll get to uh, some of your text messages when we get back. We also have Serge Lejoie, the head coach of the Kamloops Blazers at 135. This is Oilers Now. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca. Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a Pro-Am Sports Certificate of Authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, Pro-Am Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at proamsports.ca. That's proamsports.ca. This is Zach Cassian from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Rod Stauffer on 630 Chad. It's 127 in Edmonton. Brendan Ulrich with you here on Oilers Now. Bob Stauffer had to uh, take off for the final hour of the show. So I'm carrying you home. We've talked a lot about Evan Bouchard. We've talked about Ryan McLeod. But what about the goaltender that the Oilers traded up to draft at the end of the second round, Olivier Rodrigue? And here's uh, what Bob Green had to say about the Oilers' new goaltending prospect. Well, we, we had uh, Olivier ranked as the best goalie in the draft. And, and uh, you know, when you look at the rest rest of the draft and what's left and you look at him, you get a, have an opportunity to get the best, what you consider to be the best goalie in the draft. It, it made sense at that time. And, and uh, you know, he, we feel he's, he's got the potential to be a number one goalie in the NHL. There you have it. Potential to be a number one goaltender. The Oilers, of course, also have Stuart Skinner in the system. So a good bet that one of these two goaltenders pans out to be the Oilers' goaltender of the future, Dylan Wells, also in the mix as well. It's 129 in Edmonton. We'll take a time out for the 130 News. When we come back, we'll hear from the new head coach of the Kamloops Blazers, Serge Lejoie.